Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Time to go behind enemy lines. We do welcome in Andy Hart, host of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. And Andy, thanks for coming on. Usually the Colts-Patriots rivalry is heated. You know, fans love kind of chirping at one another. This feels very calm. This feels very tame. So as we welcome you into the behind enemy lines segment here, what's kind of the feeling in New England heading to this game, which, again, historically is always a good rivalry, but now, as we know, far from, for both teams, far from the glory days. Yeah, in the old days of uh, Manning-Brady, we were used to these early November, often primetime games. You know, one team might be undefeated, one might have one. Not anymore. Now it's like yeah. a, almost like an MLS matchup. Four and four meets three, four and one. <laughs> um, but I actually think Patriots fans are a little overconfident. Um, I, I think they probably should have learned their lesson on Monday Night Football against the Bears when everybody was sort of penciling that in as a win and sort of they're in the soft part of the schedule and it's a feel good game. And then Justin Fields absolutely kicked their butts up and down the fields at Gillette. So um, they bounced back, you know, they, they're just inconsistent. And it's funny cause I was uh, busting the chops of Scott Zolak. Who's our, uh, does the radio call up here, former Patriots backup quarterback. And he was on Twitter the other night watching the Bengals struggle against the Browns. And he, he tweeted something to the effect of like, because we play the, the Bengals on Christmas Eve, you know, 
Bengals, ha ha ha, layup. And I'm like, excuse me, you, you think that's a layup now? Well, this <laughs> Patriots team should not be considering anybody a layup after that Bears game. And so, you know, do I think they're probably going to beat the Colts at home on Sunday? Sure. I agree with the fans in that right, but I, I don't think it's going to be easy. And I don't, it wouldn't stun me if they lose. So, yeah, this is um, the the matchups were balanced back in the day, but balanced at a really high end. Now it's balanced in that sort of bland middle of the NFL, I guess. Mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like a, a wild card eliminator game, at least on the Colts yeah. side of things. Um, I, I'm wondering, you mentioned the Bears game. If you kind of take that game away, it seems like things have been kind of moving in the right direction every uh, the last, what, three of the last four weeks. What happened? Is there anything you put your finger on that happened in that Chicago game that was so different? Well, first of all, Justin Fields played really well. Like he he ran the ball. They went designed runs. I think they picked up some of the stuff that Lamar Jackson did a few weeks earlier and said, okay. And I know the Colts may do this with Ellinger, like say designed runs. And and I do think the Patriots defense struggles to match up. They're not very good at linebacker. Jawan Bentley is their middle linebacker, a captain, but not overly athletic. I think athletically they struggle to match up with athletic quarterbacks. So I think that was part of that game. It was also the low point, the weird point, whatever you want to call it, in this Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. It's not a quarterback controversy, but it sure is interesting. And Bill pulls Mac because he theoretically, Bill said it had the injury had something to do with it. But then two days later, he was removed from the injury report and the injury is forgotten. So I, I still really haven't come to grips with what Belichick did that that night. I think he, personally, he got caught up in the emotion. You know, he. he he sounded like the fans and was like, okay, threw a pick time to get Zappy, the hot hand back in there. And then Zappy stopped being the hot hand. He started turning the ball over. The balls are getting batted. He started to look like a rookie mid round quarterback. So, um, and there's also this belief locally that I struggle with cause he's bill Belichick and I've been hearing him talk up opponents for 20 years, but some people think they flat out looked past the bears and, didn't didn't take the game seriously thought they could screw around with the quarterbacks and regardless of who played they would win the game and the bears did not play the role of the willing victim that night they got the job done i'll also say um matt eberflus did a good job for you guys against the patriots and then i think the bears did a good job against so matt eberflus has a little little string going here of some nice performances against the patriots and mac jones so i, I think there was all those factors at play Speaking of that game, Andy, like you mentioned, Lamar Jackson, you know, Justin Fields ran really well in that Monday night game. We know historically kind of mobile quarterbacks of recent years have given Bill Belichick defenses tough times. Now, look, Sam Ellinger's not Lamar Jackson. He's not even <laughs> Justin Fields. But how much of a threat does he pose? How much should Bill Belichick be concerned with another mobile quarterback going into Gillette? Again, a less talented, less athletic guy, but still nonetheless kind of that same mold that does give his, de uh, give his defenses kind of more trouble than not. Yeah, they're all thinking about it, talking about it, whether it's Juwan Bentley, the middle linebacker, Devin McCourty, the safety, any of the sort of middle of the field defenders we've talked to have said, well, yeah, it's on tape like that. You know, it's out there. Our performances against athletic quarterbacks are out there. So, you know, they'd kind of be crazy not to try it a little bit. And I know they did a little bit of that last week in, in his debut there. So um, I think they're expecting it. But again, uh, you know, Juwan Bentley was like, I don't really have an answer at some point. We, you know, we have scheme and yeah, there's scheme involved and we're not going to talk about that. But like at some point we have to chase the guy with the ball like we have to, you know, gang tag, right? Like there's a little bit of athleticism involved. And I do think 
Um, that is a factor. Kyle Duggar was out of action. He's a key player for them. So there's sort of layers to it, but I think they're expecting designed runs. And I think they're expecting, I also think some of it is um, at times, Matt Judon, who's been really good, really <laughs> good for two years here, pro bowler. I do think at times he gets a little caught up in getting to the quarterback and gets beyond the quarterback or gets a little out of control as an edge rusher. And that's a, that's a no, no players have even joked about it because for years, you know, Chandler Jones is an example when he was in new England, he was good, but he wasn't a 19 or 20 sack guy because some of what they do is controlled pass rush. Don't ever get past the quarterback. Don't give him a rush lane. And, and I think when Chandler Jones got to Arizona, there was a little more freedom to do what he wanted to do. Interestingly, people have talked about like Judon seems to have more freedom here than almost any pass rusher they've had under Belichick. And at times I think it bites him in the butt a little bit and he gets out of position. But I also think there are many more other times where it's impactful in a positive way for the defense and, you know, getting a sack, getting a pressure, forcing a bad throw, forcing an interception. So um, that's part of it. But I still think the biggest factor is the athleticism up front at linebacker. They don't, they don't match up well enough. Let's take them with the defense a little bit. I mean, you've mentioned some of the pieces on the chessboard have obviously changed, but Belichick for decades has, has had a reputation of just really abusing young quarterbacks, especially rookies, which essentially Ellinger is. He's in his second year, but this is just going to be a second career start. A lot of that has been, you know, his ability to show looks that that haven't been appeared at, at any other point in the season uh, and change them up during the game. Is that still going on? Is that something that, even with with the different pieces on defense, is that something that that uh, is still a part of that New England game plan? It is. Um, I don't know. It's quite as effective as it was in the past in the heyday. Now you still have good players, and as I said, you still have Devin McCourty, who's been here for forever as a part of that in the back end. And certainly, the safety position is one they lean on in that area because they have Adrian Phillips, Devin McCourty, Kyle Duggar. That trio plus Jabril Peppers is now working his way into the mix. Those are, you know, veteran guys, versatile guys. They can show different looks, be in the box, drop deep, do, do a lot of different things. And I think that's maybe their biggest strength on defense, especially in terms of confusing quarterbacks and getting and, – and quite honestly, they have a lot of versatile defensive backs, which is also a way of saying they don't really have a lot of good corners. Like they kind of – you know, Jalen Mills is their number one corner, but I mean, I think most people think he's best suited to kind of be a, a – a defensive back, a hybrid corner safety type. And, you know, even Miles Bryant, like a lot of the guys they play aren't prototypical, you know, outside guys, true cornerbacks. But I think at times that benefits them because of their versatility and, and moving those pieces around. And then the, the, the front is pretty versatile when they're healthy. When, you know, Dietrich Wise is a guy that's really had a nice year, kind of a, a year six jump we've been joking about around here because all of a sudden he never leaves the field. He's already tied his career best with sacks, um, can bump inside, can be outside. Christian Barmore has been banged up, but he's a, a versatile athlete in the middle. Um, so they have some bodies that they can move around and throw at, at any quarterback, but also a young quarterback. Now, the interesting thing is, yeah, Bill's still here, but Bill's really involved with the offense right now. So I don't know if that's taken away a little bit of his time with his son, Steve Belichick, who's the play caller, and Gerard Mayo, who's the sort of the, the highest-ranking voice, I guess, in that room, at least in the process. Um, but yeah, they're, they're still multiple. They pride themselves on throwing a lot at any quarterback and certainly a young quarterback. 
One of the weird things, Andy, this year, especially with the Patriots, that you're not really used to seeing is turnovers. Like them and the Colts right now are tied for the league league with 16 turnovers. You look at the interceptions, the Patriots have 10, which is leading the league. I guess I'll ask it this way. Does Bill Belichick trust Mac Jones, like from what you've seen? Uh, I think to start the year, they may have trusted him too much. Um, They clearly were trying to take this offense to a new level. And you guys are aware of, of the coaching change. Josh McDaniels leaves. Matt Patricia, who's a defensive actually coach. Actually leaves. Andy, he yeah, actually leaves. He actually <laughs> left this time. He he may regret it because it's <laughs> yeah, not going all that great true. out there. Um, and we're finding out that Matt Patricia in New England and Matt Patricia every – I mean, excuse me, Josh McDaniels in New England and – well, Matt Patricia too. But yeah. a lot of these guys in New England aren't, aren't that elsewhere. Um, but with Josh McDaniels, after a nice rookie year for Mac Jones, right, they win 10 games – He's a Pro Bowl rookie quarterback. He looks comfortable. You know, sort of the 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 narrative last year was, you know, they have him reined in too much. Well, mm-hmm. Josh leaves, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, Bill Belichick, whatever that triumvirate is creating for an offense. And, and they changed things. They tried to change things. Some of that they've already scrapped. Um, Bill said simplify it. There was certainly more of an emphasis on pushing the ball down the field. Um, Mac Jones even said a... Uh, different philosophy in terms of throwing 50 50 balls like if I have my guy down there and it's sort of a jump ball I think Josh said nope that means there's somebody open underneath take the dink take the dunk I think this group early in the year said no take a shot and no one has specifically voiced this but I think some of it was okay we were a playoff team last year but we didn't measure up we weren't even close to competing with teams like the Bills or theoretically the Chiefs, these teams that can put points on the board, can spread it out and score 40. And I think the early season effort before Mac got hurt was, let's see what Mac can do. Let's see what these good, not great weapons can do. Can we make plays down the field? Can we be a higher scoring, more aggressive offense to maybe close that gap between what we were a year ago, got exposed and beat in the in in the postseason, and maybe close the gap with Josh Allen and, and those guys. So but it, it didn't work. Mac was uncomfortable. Mac was throwing interceptions. He's thrown an interception in every game. Now, last week he got hit as he threw, so a little bit circumstantial. But um, he also hasn't thrown the ball well down the field. I don't want to put it all on philosophy either. There was like one interception over the middle in the Pittsburgh game where it just sailed back towards Minka Fitzpatrick instead of going to Devontae Parker. So, you know, maybe it was going to be a 50-50 ball, but he turned it into an 80-20 Minka Fitzpatrick ball, and he caught it because he's a great player and a great safety. Um, and then I would also throw in the, the the protection has not been good. They Right tackle's been a disaster. They moved Isaiah Wynn there, the former first-round pick. Um, terrible, doesn't seem comfortable, doesn't seem happy, leads the NFL in in penalties, just been an absolute debacle. Marcus Cannon's played a little bit of late. He's old and kind of looks old and hasn't been great. Um, so the the uh, Cole Strange was their first round pick as a guard. Was really good for a little while. The last couple of weeks, the wheels kind of fell off. He even got benched for a little bit um, against the Jets. So you know that I think it's a combination. I'm not sure Mac trusts the scheme or likes the scheme the way it's been changed. I know he doesn't trust or like the protection he's getting a lot of times. And to be honest, he hasn't thrown the ball well enough. And you combine those three things and you have a lot of interceptions and an offense that hasn't been very good. Yeah, it sounds a lot like uh, what we've watched. Yeah, for <laughs> this year. Holy uh, cow. 
one thing, uh, you know, last year's game, obviously Jonathan Taylor, he had a, a magical season all year, but I think that's probably the game that stood out the most around here, especially the end of it. Uh, but this year the Colts have not gotten the same push in the running game. He's not been healthy, might not even play Sunday. That remains to be seen. How susceptible are is this New England run defense right now to a big game from a guy like Jonathan Taylor? Uh, they're definitely susceptible. They've been inconsistent. And, you know, it's like a couple bad games, then a couple good, and it's like, oh, maybe they figured it out a little bit. Um, but they have just not been able to be consistent against the run, almost regardless. Like, they had a really good performance against the Packers and Aaron Jones, and, and but they haven't been able to replicate it, build any momentum there. And I do think Barmore missing the last couple games has been big. Um, he's a guy that gets double teamed a lot and sort of changes the way offensive lines approach the defensive front in the middle of that defense. Um, Bentley, I think is part of the problem. As I said, um, great guy, great leader, um, Purdue guy, actually like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's sort of old school throwback guy. Who's probably a step too slow, um, for the modern NFL and, you know, piles up tackles, problem is you know they're six yards downfield and it's second and four (laughs) a lot of those tackles so um they are definitely susceptible and it's funny you point to that um the taylor run at the end of the game last year i've been joking that kind of ended dante hightower's career i I think that was his realization (laughs) all right you know what i used to be really good and make big plays with the game on the line in super bowls and now i'm this and it might be time to you know go home enjoy my wife enjoy my kid and look for a new line of work and obviously he did that in the offseason but um yeah, they, they are definitely um, susceptible at times. And then at times when you start to think they're a bad run defense, they clean it up. So I would say this whole team has been inconsistent in that way. That's actually been one of the talking points and themes this week is trying to find consistency in everything they do because they're not terrible. You know, that's how you end up four and four. Like you have some good wins. You have some bad losses. You, you know, you look good in this area. You look bad in that area. You know, you bring up the, the interceptions. So they're tied for worst in the league in giveaways. They're also tied for most takeaways in the league. And it's like the like all these like averages out to an average football team. Uh, I was going to say, George mentioned, this sounds so much like the Colts where it's, I <laughs> still believe like this at their core is a good team. And it's just they can't been way more even inconsistent than the Patriots have. So I guess I'll wrap up uh, with my final question, Andy, with this. Patriots are favorite. It's in Foxborough. It's a place historically the Colts have not had a lot of success. So the Patriots should win this game. If the Colts are going to win, like how can the Colts in your mind beat the Patriots on Sunday? Oh, first of all, take care of the key. I mean, it's yeah. turnovers. I think turnovers will be huge. You know, turnovers changed uh, the Jets game. They were, um, I'm not sure if you guys saw the highlights, but Mac threw a pick six that was wiped out by a penalty. So instead of it being 17 to three Jets heading into halftime, it, they get the ball, they retain the ball, they go in 10-6, then they score to open the third quarter. They now control the game a little bit at 13-10, and then Zach Wilson became Zach Wilson and started throwing them the football. But I firmly believe, and obviously no, no way to prove it, if that pick six counts, I think they get blown out by the Jets because I don't think there's any pressure anymore on Zach Wilson and the way they were playing. Like, I just, I do, I firm, and, and I don't know where this team is right now if Mac throws a pick six in a blowout given what had happened a week earlier. So the turnovers have just been min key. I mean, and we know Bill Belichick harps on it. Like that's, that's the NFL turnovers. You look at the Eagles, they're at the top of the league in turnovers and they're at the top of the league. It's, it's not a coincidence how that works. Um, so I think Ellinger has to take care of the football, but they've, 
Patriots have done a good job getting some pressure on quarterbacks, forcing a couple throws, catching it in the back end. They have pretty good ball, uh, ball hawks and playmakers. Jack Jones, a rookie, has made a couple nice plays for interceptions um, already in his career. McCourty will catch it if it's in his area. He might have lost a step, but he can still, you know, make those types of plays. Uh, I, I definitely think they have to run the football, whether it's Taylor, whether it's Ellinger, whether it's, you know, whoever you guys decide to throw out there, they they need to run the football. And I think both teams are going to play the game the same way. The Patriots want to run the football. Ramondre Stevenson has become their best offensive player, maybe their best overall player uh, already. Um, and then make Mac uncomfortable. When Mac's uncomfortable, he's been making mistakes. And those mistakes are reasons why the Patriots lose. Um, I don't know if you saw it early in the year, Mike Lombardi uh, on his podcast basically said if Mac Jones kept playing the way he was playing, this was pre-injury, um, he would be benched and he wouldn't have a job in the National Football League. You just can't play football that way, um, which seemed a little extreme to me three games into a season. Um, but everybody assumes because he used to work for the Patriots, he's Belichick's kind of buddy pal, that that's not just his opinion, that he's you know kind of talking to Bill, getting some of that from Bill. So yeah, if you can get some pressure and DeForest Buckner, I mean, Bill Belichick compared him to Aaron Donald yesterday, which I, if I'm DeForest Buckner, I keep that clip around for a while. <laughs> um, that's high praise. But, you know, that that's a front that has athletes that can get after the quarterback when they're on, right? So take advantage of the offensive line, get after Mac a little bit, force him into some mistakes um, because the receivers aren't great and they haven't played great. And, you know, they, they haven't been getting open. Devontae Parker's banged up now. Kendrick Bourne is a non-fact. It's basically if you cover Jacoby Myers, you're like halfway done to stopping the passing attack there. So, um, yeah, I would say it starts with taking care of the football on offense and just pressuring Mac into his mistakes on defense. Sounds like going to be another high-scoring game, which was Colts play every week here. So, um, <laughs> I don't think so. I would take the under. <laughs> <laughs> that that's been the whole year here. So, uh, you know, I think you did a good job of, of summing up what it would look like if the Colts win. What's the formula right now for New England? You know, just for my final question, when they are good, you know, when they get those four wins, what does it look like? Well, offensively, it's run the football, regardless of who it is. You know, Damian Harris was banged up. And since then, Stevenson has kind of taken over as the, the budding star. Um, he's also taken over as a pass catcher. He's had 15 catches combined the last two games. They've really ridden his um, versatility and playmaking ability. So I, I think the Patriots have to run the ball. One of the big complaints around here was that, you know, we talked about the way Mac had the offense early. Well, when Zappi came in, it was simplified. It was a lot of play action, sort of easy throws. And some of the Mac supporters are like, just let Mac do that. Let's let's run the ball, play action, get a, you know, get Hunter Henry behind the linebacker. Boom, 15 yards. Okay, we're moving down the field. And I think it makes sense. Like, I do think that's what they need to be right now. Whatever their aspirations are of closing the gap with the Bills, they're not realistic right now. Just just do what you can do well enough to win and then deal with the other stuff down the road. So I definitely think it's run the ball, play action, take a little bit of pressure on the offensive line because if David Andrews is out again, the center, um, James Ferentz will be in again, and he's he's a backup for a reason. Like he's a career backup, a solid veteran, but he's a backup. Um, and as I said, right tackle's a problem. So I, I, that would be the start on offense. And then defensively, um, you know, the pressure is the key for them. Like Matt Judon, Dietrich Wise, when they're rolling, when they're even even against Lamar, if you go back and watch the first half of that game, they were basically meeting at Lamar all game. Wise was awesome. Judon was awesome. 
And then it was the second half where that kind of fell apart a little bit. They started taking advantage on the ground. But everything they do defensively, in, in my opinion, starts with Judon and Wise up front and then kind of builds backwards from there. And, you know, it'll be interesting because I'm not overly familiar with Ellinger in like what he is, what he can be. You know, he's, he's sort of a theory in my head. And I, and I think for them, it's going to be similar, like finding out, yeah, he can run, but is he good enough to run? Like, can he do it well? Can he do it often enough and successfully enough? And there's a little bit of that feeling out process early in the game that that Coach Belichick always, you know, before the game declares itself, um, he likes to say. So I think those pass rushers will be key. But if he's running by those guys and picking up first downs and con converting third downs, um, that could be problematic. But control the football and as turnovers. I mean, that's how they've won game is is takeaways, and that's how they've lost games is giveaways. So you know, keep it simple, stupid. Don't give the ball away, and you got a good shot to win probably. Bad offensive lines, turnovers, offensive <laughs> struggle to get in the red zone. I or get in the end zone. I, Andy, I cannot wait for Sunday. Let me tell you, this is going to be an instant classic for the next year. Well, I do think you know, I always joke in training camp when people will be like, "Oh, the Patriots are they're really competitive at cornerback," and I'm like, "Yeah, they're competitive, but I liked it better when they had Steph Gilmore. It wasn't you knew who yeah. your number one corner was. There was no competition. So sometimes competitive can be at a really low level, although." I don't dismiss an entertaining game breaking out. It might not be clean football or good football or championship, but um, it, it could be back and forth. It, you know, it could be who turns it over last loses and type game. And, you know, where you have three or four turnovers for each team. And, um, you know, as, as Tom Brady said, there's a lot of bad football being played this year in the NFL. So um, bad football can be entertaining if both teams are equally bad and competitive, I guess. Maybe two negatives can equal positive, right? Bad football, bad exactly. football, put together. Boom, there you go. 45-41, you heard it here first. I like I like your where your brain is at, <laughs> and I will say it's supposed to be a ridiculously beautiful day, if nothing else, at Gillette Stadium. They're talking about record highs in like 76, 78 degrees Ooh. at Gillette. So um, fans may not love the football in front of them, but, you know, Grab a beer, enjoy the sunshine, enjoy a nice fall day out at uh, Gillette Stadium, I guess. Worst case, there you get are, a nice tan. We're a nice right. day in November. Can't beat that. That's right. There are worse, day, worse ways to, to spend a Sunday for sure. Absolutely. No absolutely. <laughs> Andy, thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime.